0: Hey, it's Adam with the Backpack Theory Podcast, where we unpack past experiences to help define a better future. And today, um, we are going to be unpacking, basing our self-worth and self-esteem on other people's judgment, which is something in this day and age I feel like all of us struggle with to a certain extent. And I've got my buddy, Justin Godier, correct? Go say it right.
1: Yeah. You you're at 98%. You almost got it, man. But I've heard it pronounced so many different ways. So it's, man, I can respond to just about anything. But I appreciate you having me on the show, Adam. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you
0: today. Dude. So Justin and I actually, so we've met a couple of times, super random. So first time we met was at a concert in Oklahoma City. Uh,
1: Shaky Graves,
0: Shaky that. Graves. Epic concert. And then uh, we actually, so if you guys follow me, you know, I've got a Tuesday night men's group um, and we actually went on a retreat up to Colorado and Justin ended up joining us on the retreat, flew in, hung out with us. It was a great time. And we ended up having a really deep, like philosophical conversation around the breakfast table one morning, just me and Justin. And like, as we were like going through that, I was like, Oh my gosh, dude, like there's just so much depth to this situation, and I would love to just kind of capture some of this conversation. And so uh, Justin's actually got his own podcast. Tell us about your podcast and what exactly you do and how exactly that came about.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I'll give you kind of the the, the rundown high level. So uh, I have my whole career. I've been in oil and gas. Uh, and then a few years back, I started getting, uh, I started doing podcasting for a company called Oil & Gas Global Network, um, which it's an interview-style podcast. I did that for a few years, working under their sort of brand and umbrella. And then I figured, you know, I want a little more creative control on the brand. And so then I spun off my own, uh, created a company called Wicked Energy. So uh, I've got a podcast called Wicked Energy with J.G., and again, you can find it basically any podcast platform. Um, and it's a podcast for those looking to seek out credible and, and trustworthy information about oil and gas and energy. Uh, so a lot of thought leadership. I have people that interview from all walks of the energy industry, from Bloomberg analysts to engineers to CEOs, uh, really just a broad spectrum of, of, of high-performing individuals in, in and, and energy. Uh, and man, it's just, it's been an absolute blast. I love interviewing people and just hearing people's stories. And there's so much thought leadership in, I mean, any industry, but uh, especially when, you know, especially in oil and gas where there's a lot of, you know, misconception and preconceived notions, I think humanizing our industry uh, is extremely important to to just help educate. Um, and so it's a lot of it is informative um, and educational along with a little bit of entertainment value there too uh, but it's been an absolute blast and so um, even for those who aren't interested in oil and gas or energy it's just to hear good stories from good people is always fun too right so but yeah that's uh, that's it and then that's my side hustle and then my day job is uh, I'm in uh, our US business strategist for an oil field service companies here in Houston and been in wasn't before that was in sales and engineering and in the field and but yeah since I was 18 uh been on oil and gas the entire time,
0: yeah, and you didn't even go into the fact that you also own a gym uh as well, ah. and then you all have a real estate business and everything else <laughs> that you have going on on top of that
1: so yeah. i mean you yeah. know
0: it's you've got you've got a lot going on, so I feel like you were a little modest so you know, and it's interesting that you bring up, you know, I listened to a couple of your episodes uh, of your podcast. I'm not in the oil and gas industry, but I did want to kind of familiarize myself. And one of the things I really enjoyed was kind of like the journey that you bring people on whenever it comes to like understanding them as a person. And you're dealing with so many high profile people and so many high energy people. And in a day and age like this, you know, I thought it was fascinating whenever I texted you, especially whenever it comes to like owning a gym, Uh, you know, like. Like you know, you're like, dude. That's something I would really, really, really like to unpack. Is like, you know, why exactly we base our self worth, and like, why do we care about other people's judgment, and like, how does that affect us? And yeah. so, you know, just just give me a little bit of context whenever it comes to like, you know, we we kind of had a pre discussion about this, and you are talking about like, you know, why exactly you were passionate about this subject. So, like, mm-hmm. growing up and everything, like, I mean, when did you recognize like this is something that maybe you've dealt with or why this subject in general?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I'll I'll be uh, transparent as, as I possibly can be, and I mean, going back, so I guess for context, I, I grew up in Vernon, British Columbia, which is a small town um, in uh, in between Calgary, Alberta, and Vancouver. Well, I was born born in Calgary, and then my mom and I, because my biological father, he left my mom while she was pregnant. And so my mom raised me from the time I was born until I was five. We moved to to from Calgary to British Columbia. Um when I was five, and then she remarried and I had a stepdad but it was I was an only child growing up and um you know i always you know my parents were very much loving and I grew up in a great home and they were hard working and uh you know it wasn't in, in in for some reason it was and i don't know if it's maybe being an only child, but I always seeked affirmation from others to sort of like validate my self worth um and i and and i I think I recognized it right away when I was young but ultimately I would do things with the intent of trying to understand how it it would affect other people, but also like what they would think of me. Right. Like I always, at the end of the day, like I always wanted to be the cool kid with lots of friends who people looked up to. um, But not in like a, an emotional way, more of like a, Oh wow. He has a nice pair of shoes. Like he must be cool. Like I always, I always just kind of wanted to be that person. And, um but it ultimately comes down to being insecure i think growing up i was extremely insecure i had like a ton of friends i was always around a great social circle i grew up playing sports and i credit all that to my parents like as an only child they kept me extremely socially occupied um so yeah i like i i developed good people skills and i was you know i was raised by aunts uncles grandma like you know i kind of was bounced around until we had our you know our little family unit after several years but i mean again going back to the question is like you we're always driven off of insecurity. And I, my insecurity was, you know, the fact that um, I had to win people over. by I think the, the, how I thought I would win people over is, yes, how I treated them, but more so if they thought I was like cool and like worthy of their friendship or something like that. And I also was grew up being fairly overweight. And so I was always worried that like, girls would look at me a type of way. And like, all the cool kids that I looked up to were always like in shape and played sports. And um so again, I think kind of all that cumulative was like making sure I, I I kind of masked the insecurity with like doing things that I that I thought other people would think was really cool. And that's kind of where it all stems from.
0: Yeah, dude. And that's hey, thank you for being so vulnerable, man. Like I I uh You said a couple of things that yeah. dude is just so spot on. And in society today, I dude, I mean, it just gets expounded and expounded like we are we're so worried about coming off a certain way and it's not, it's right. not to connect with people. It's, it's to fill a void inside of our lives that we feel like needs to be fulfilled. Like yeah. I've been in sales for years and like I, I have, I am my personality type. Like I'm a people pleaser. Like I always want to fix things. Like I always want to look like the person that has the solutions. Like, like, like I want to feel needed. And it's just to feel like that insecurity, like that void inside of my life. And just for years, like, you know, I practiced that over and over again, as I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I'm like healed from it. Like, it's something I still struggle with. It's something that I still have to like analyze. And, um, you know, it's, it's remarkable yeah. to me, like in society today, like how so many people feel like, they have to present this person to everyone else in order for them to be accepted. Like, especially for men, like it's hard for men to be vulnerable and like open up about their feelings and say, you know what? Like, I don't have it all figured out. Like I might need a little bit of help. Um, And especially whenever you're dealing with leaders and you're dealing with people that have like high stress jobs and uh, uh, dude, I struggle with that. I still struggle with it on a daily basis at times, whenever it comes to like over, you know, overcoming that. Um, And so like, what are, dude, like, you know, I've done, I've tried to like doing this podcast, like one of the reasons I started, I wanted to be a little bit more open and transparent. Like I wanted to let people know that, guess what? Like I don't have it all figured out. Like I'm not perfect. Like I have a lot of issues in my life that I'm dealing with and I struggle with on a daily basis. And I think like opening up and talking about it and like being transparent about it actually helps whenever it comes to filling that void and insecurity. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you have to talk about it. That's one thing as men is like as we grow older, we lose. So like growing up, like back in the day with your homies, like you could talk about stuff that you were going on in school and you had this core group and, and you could kind of be open and honest. Or at least I did. And I think probably most people do. I mean, you grow up for the most part, if you're fortunate enough to have some best friends, uh ones that you trust and can talk to, um, you, you, you kind of it's like, again, I, I remember talking to my buddies back in the day. And then as we grow older, we start developing new relationships with new people who all have baggage, but, um, you, you tend to become less and less vulnerable. And as a man, it's, it's less alpha to open up. And it's again, kind of the, it's the cultural norm <laughs> is to like for men to be alpha and not talk about their emotions, which gets them in all kinds of trouble, whether with in any type of relationship, um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one that we, we, as men struggle with and, and yeah, we, and until you develop some, some, some really some meaningful relationships, we typically just bottle it up and then we compensate in other ways. And it's just this like vicious cycle. Right. And so, um, you know, to your, you know, to you guys that do your men's group, like some of the conversations that I heard you guys talking about on the trip was, I was like, wow, okay. These are like real, real conversations with, with, with men who are You know struggling like we all struggle to some degree it's just how we respond to it but it was cool to see that like grown man that you know from the outside looking in has everything perfect going on but the reality is like when you open the hood like most people are all dealing with something and for you guys to open up and talk about it like amongst yourselves and do it regularly uh is is like is healing right like it's almost therapeutic and so it was like it was cool to see what you guys were doing and i commend john david and the rest of the crew to to be vulnerable and help each other out. Cause as men, we need help, man. <laughs> like we yeah. all do.
0: Yeah. Because we're all, I mean, dude, like we're so in, in the world today, especially like we're under with, with social media and just our lives being public and everything, we're yeah. under so much scrutiny. And I think that goes like to your point of like, you know, whenever, whenever, We're living life like why we base our self worth so many times on judgment based off of what others perception is of us that like sometimes it can get confusing and sometimes you can just get straight up lost in your ego. Like, dude, there's there's a there's a book that I've read called The Immortal Diamond, um, and it's written by a guy named Richard Rohr. It's Mm. a really, really old book. And he talks about finding like the whole purpose of the book is like finding your true self. And the way he describes finding your true self is completely dying to your ego and all your ego is like, you know, like your, your true ego, like this, this personality you present to other people is just a way for you to mask insecurities, a way for you to like present this like bravado and true, like yeah. true sacrifice, like truly finding yourself like to where you don't have to worry about the way other people judging yourself is really getting to that point to where you know yourself so well, like, you know, what your purpose is, you're following it to such a point that you don't have to have affirmation from other people. And I do feel like communities like building communities, like having the right, you know, support system around you having purpose whenever it comes to your kids, like, dude, that's where we're supposed to be finding <clears throat> Our fulfillment. That's where our self-esteem is supposed to be. But like, you really have to break down and get past like what everybody else is doing and not like, not try to keep up with the Joneses. Not like so many people get, I know a lot of guys who've gone through situations, made a ton of money and then they're broke because their ego got in the way because they oh, were yeah. sitting there and they were like dude like these people are judging me and like my neighbor just got a brand new car and I've got to keep up with them and you can get so busy that you just start tripping and like the next thing you know like you're headed down this path and you don't even know who you are anymore and so like stripping that back and really getting back to like like who are you like what is your purpose like and having that group of guys for for me at least is has been so helpful because It just allows you to see all these guys that like, like you said, like seemingly have it all together, like have the life and we're sitting there showing up going, dude, like here's where I messed up with this week. But then we also do talk about, but here's where I won this week. Like, here's where I improved and like building our confidence based off of not BS, right? Not like, not like material things. Not like, what do I have? Like how much money? Like very rarely in our group will we talk about money. It's about like who we are as men, like what kind of example are we setting? Like, dude, one of the things I loved about our conversation was like, whenever you described your relationship with your wife and like y'all's communication level, like, dude, that was Mm. so impactful to me. And like your openness and transparency Uh with each other, like, dude, that really just rung such a bell with me. Like, how did y'all develop? Like, I mean, if you don't mind talking about that, like, like, Yeah, that I mean and and whenever it comes to having that kind of support system like do you feel like over the years that has helped you kind of break away from feeling the need to like you know build your ego up and be judged by like having someone that supports you and like facilitates that
1: yeah so like obviously there's a lot to unpack there no uh no pun intended with the uh, backpack theory but so going back to the original so, so to like the premise of the question is like how did we develop that so i met my wife i was working rigs drilling rigs and for those who aren't familiar you typically work away for weeks at a time and then you come home for weeks at a time well i was i was on rotation i was on my days off met her on new year's and uh we just somehow, you know, we had a bunch of friends, mutual friends got together. We were at a house party. All my buddies went with her friends in, in their own separate areas. And so we were, we were basically like the, the last two that weren't together or fooling around with each other. And so we just like hit it off and we started, we, we just, I remember talking for like hours and hours and hours, um, to which then like the next day uh, I was like, something hit. I was like, oh, like I need to talk to her again. Like that was an amazing conversation. Like we we got real deep and just like talked about all kinds of stuff. Um Anyway, we got to, we, we met up and I was like, Hey, look, like, it, I'd love to see you tomorrow, but I got to go back to the bush. Like I have no one, I no idea when I'm going to see you again. I said, I might have reception at camp, but there's a good chance that I probably won't talk to you until I get back. And she was like, Oh wow. Okay. Like, I guess, yeah. Like let me know when you're back in Calgary again. And so Over time, like our relation, and and we'd been together ever since, but over time, most of our relationship was built on the foundation of being distant with each other, like physically, because I was like always gone and then I traveled for work and everything. And it wasn't until like we would, we had been together and engaged for like over eight years before we like lived in the same city that with the same like schedule. And so, like, I had to there was several days and nights where we would talk on the phone and you know we would just share feelings and really open up because there wasn't that there wasn't that physical attraction like obviously we were physically attracted right out of the gate but we 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 had to communicate and, and talk before we like did anything physical because i was always gone and so that trust of like i'm in you know i'm up in this city and she's in calgary she's you know beautiful woman in her late teens early 20s and i'm in the middle of nowhere and so like i had to trust her that she wasn't going out and partying and doing things that i wasn't aware of and because we basically committed to each other after a while i was like hey like you know kind of back in the days, like are we official like are we dating like can we say that and so finally when we like got to that point of like who are we how do we sort of you know how do we how do we market our relationship i guess uh then at that point it was just like there was no choice but to to build a level of trust because if not it wouldn't work i mean i when i first started working rigs i was dating a girl and i mean it wasn't but like two or three months after that like i found out she was basically fooling around on me with my buddies back home and so already i had trust issues but i mean just something hit different with her and so again to answer your question it's just like we've always until like we didn't live together for over 10 years until we finally were like in Houston together um living with each other but uh yeah when you when you when you build a long distance relationship if if you don't communicate and there's no trust like good luck like, it's not going to work and we just both committed to it and i don't know if it's a luck or coincidence or what but it was just something that we both knew we had to do
0: and how do you feel like in your life like having that much support and like that much trust with someone, do you feel like that has over time, like helped you not, not feel like you have to get affirmation from other people? And like, like, do you feel like that's like built you up over time? I think
1: it has. And and one thing is, is like, I always like to, I always, thrive off affirmation, but more on like how I've impact people and how they feel. So like that, that, that's kind of shifted towards me, like that need for affirmation is good, but it's more like, Hey, you were nice to me or, Hey, you, you helped me in a certain way. So, but in terms of like how I present myself to others, um, obviously I want to always be respectful, but to answer your question, yes, because now, you know, after building such a strong relationship with my wife, it's like, she's the only one I need to impress because there's no Mm. one else really at the end of the day, gives a shit about me. You know what I mean? Like we can all pretend like we care about others, but at the end of the day, we're all just trying to do the best thing for ourselves for the most part. Um, Clearly there's people out there who are like philanthropic and like who always willing to help and this But at the end of the day, most people, it's like, what's in it for me, right? And so I have realized that. And it took me really the most, like kind of where that started is by me realizing, like it doesn't matter what you have and what you look like. Uh, is when I went started working drilling rigs is like I always thrived myself off like I said the material things that I had and that people were like oh that's so awesome but then when I went and worked drilling rigs like they didn't care how many friends I had they didn't care what kind of you know vehicle I had they didn't care about anything it's like could you work hard and could you gain our respect and so like that helped uh that was like a total shot to the ego because they didn't care that I was the captain of the football team like they literally didn't give a shit about anything that I accomplished up until the point is was like you when you're on this drilling rig if you can't put out you're getting kicked to the curb and we're going to treat you like a piece, you know, a piece of junk and so it was like I couldn't use my silver tongue and like you know high school accolades to win everyone anybody over at that point it was like I had to prove myself to people who didn't care about anything except for hard work and that's kind of when like the ego dissolved a little bit and and I did some quite a bit of experimentation with like psychedelics when I was younger. And that helped a lot, honestly. Uh, that was probably like, I, I would say contributed to quite a bit of it. And uh, yeah. And then with, with my wife, it was just like, you know, we, through time and especially with having kids is just like, at the end of the day, no one else matters. Like as long as they're happy, that's the, the end goal. But uh, it's easier said than done, but it's just something, you know, when we've been fortunate, like neither one of us has like cheated on each other or done anything like that and I mean neither one of us ever worries like when we go out there's never a question and again I just bring it back to like most of the time is having those hard conversations and you do it in business and everything is like if you make the hard decisions to or you know if you make the hard decision to have discussions with people that typically bring you anxiety and like make you sweat a little bit those are the ones you need to be having. The easy conversations, the, like the one when you address people, and it's like you kind of know the outcome, but you feel like it's, it's something you need to bring up. But when you like go in, kind of blinded, and like you have the fear of the unknown outcome, like those are the real conversations you need to be having with people. And then we've had those conversations because, I mean, they're in that brought emotions and tears and crying, and but it's like at the end, when you come out the other side, you're like you feel just refreshed, and it's like okay, I'm so glad we had that conversation, and to be honest, most of the time it's me bringing them up. <laughs> so, but it's, you know, again, cause it's like, I just knew it, I, you, you just kind of know what the right thing to do is. And I've read a lot of books and obviously there's been some like self-help learnings along the way. But um, again, again, a lot of, a long answer to a short question, but
0: um, and dude, hopefully I all, did answer I mean, it. I don't know. No, no, dude, that's great information. I mean, you know one thing that i that I heard you say over and over again, you know, to bring it back on topic, which you know uh, I just love the vulnerability did, and you made a couple of really good points that I can't wait to go back and clip up um, Core values, where you're investing your time, like what matters to you in your life, where you want your life to go, all those things is what helps you not have to get affirmation from others you know what i mean you're you're putting your eggs in the right basket you're concentrating on the things that matter so many times we're like well the grass could be a little bit greener over there and maybe if like i get affirmation over here maybe that will make me feel a little bit better and dude like keeping yourself grounded like just concentrating on who you are as a person and then like really reflecting on that and like really like looking in the mirror and having those honest conversations with yourself of like, why am I doing this right now? Like, who am I trying to impress? Cause I have a bunch of buddies in myself, dude, I have been guilty of this in my life where I'm sitting there and I put myself in compromising situations with people because I'm just looking to fill affirmation. And then you get you get back from it and you're like, oh man, I shouldn't have done. But making sure that you're self-evaluating and then whenever you put yourself in situations, making sure you're communicating that correctly and having an open line and like an open conversation with yourself consistently is so important. Because if not, you go through life and you're constantly being judged and you're constantly worried about what other people are thinking and you're constantly reevaluating what your values are. And like you can't just go through life that way. And I think that like with social media which is the world that it is today, it's so easy for people to put on a facade. It is just so freaking easy for you to like put out things to make people think a certain way about yourself. And I think, I mean, it's just, it's easy to like formulate that. And so like, I think like the only way to stay grounded is to continue to tweak yourself, like continue to have those honest conversations with the people that matter in your life. And then also be open to like receiving correction, like from the people that matter and then like yeah. actually making change and putting that into the action. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: No, that's I, and I had to reframe my thinking is like no one else really matters. Like what I do. Oh man. What the hell? Oh Sorry. My screen went black for a sec there, but so you're still there. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, going back to, to that is like, ultimately I don't really care what anyone thinks about me except for my wife and my kids. And that's like, sort of like the, the, the North star, right? Is it's just like, obviously I want to impress, you know, my, the people I work with and my customers and everything else, but it's, it's understanding what, what do you value? And then what are your goals? And then understanding like every decision, like I, I used to like run through this in my head and I still do is like any decision I make during the day, I ask myself, does, does this, support my goals and my values. And it's just like if you can constantly like whether it's going for lunch, like it's an easy one but like going to go for lunch, sure. Well ask yourself, like is going for lunch to whatever restaurant, does this support your values or your goals? If it's just to like go for like maybe your goal is to establish better relationships with your employees, then yes, that may be the good answer I mean maybe there's a reason for that. But it's like everything you do in life should support your values and your goals. Like if and if it and if the answer is no, then why in the hell are you doing it?
0: You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're just, you're just doing, if if it's not supporting those things, then it's just to receive affirmation from someone to fill like whatever that hole is inside of you. You know what I mean? Like whatever that insecurity is and like wherever that stems from. And I mean, dude, it's hard. Like I grew up, so you told me a little bit about your background. So I grew up in a two parent household. Seemingly, if you look at it statistically, like I should be a golden child. I was homeschooled almost my entire life until my junior year uh, mm. and then ended up going to a Christian high school. And then right after freaking high school, I ended up selling pot and going to jail. And I ended up, you know, my dad though, made one of the best decisions I ever made which he left me in jail for fricking seven days and made me bail myself out and claw my way out of the situation so that I learned my lesson. But mm. if I look at like the journey to getting there, like, dude, like growing up, even though like I had two parents and I had all the support. At a very young age like there were things that that happened to me there was pressure that came on to me and i figured out that if i told a bigger story and i made myself look better and if i made myself a little bit more grandiose just add a little pepper and a little bit of salt on top of the story it made me look better And Mm -hmm. over time, like, dude, like as I got older, like that story just got bigger and it got bigger. And this persona that I presented to people got bigger and it got bigger. And when I look back at that now, the only reason I did those things was so that people would like me because I thought that if I did those things, if I built this persona It didn't matter how I got there. If I just added a little bit salt there and here and a little white light here that like the people would just accept me. Like that's just what I wanted. I want you to – like dude, one of the dumbest things I've – so in high school, I could jump. Don't get me wrong. I could – well, last time I tried to do a max box jump, I can do like a 56-inch box jump. So like I – dude, I could hop.
1: You got but like, really? Hell oh, yeah. dude.
0: like, and I went to high school, I, I went to high school with a really good basketball player. So Blake Griffin. And I remember growing up, like going into going into high school, like I, I went to OCS for that reason. And I remember showing up and I was like, well, I can jump. I have kind of dunked before, but like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to tell everybody that I can dunk. And I'm going to go and tell everybody that like, like I'm going to build this persona going into school. And like, that's just going to be my thing. And I'll never forget, like in practice, like the coaches one of the coaches literally was like, uh, it was coach Griffin, which was Blake's dad was like, yeah, if anybody tries to dunk in practice and you miss everybody's fricking running. <laughs> and of course my cockiness had like talked about doing it over and over again. And I went up, tried to dunk and everybody ended up, ha- like ended up having to run and like, oh, nice. oh yeah, dude. Like it was, it was completely embarrassing. And I, I learned a valuable lesson there. I wish I could say I applied it, but like, So many times whenever we build up this persona, the whole reason I tell that story is we end up putting ourselves in really bad situations. Like, we don't realize if we sit there and we build up this persona, at some point, you're going to have to own it. And at some point, reality is going to hit. And Mm -hmm. at some point, that insecurity is going to get the best of you. And I look back at it, and I just, dude, I, I look at all those things, and I look at that kid that grew up and felt like he had to do all those things. I take responsibility for my actions. I take responsibility for the things I did, but like, I think so many times people get in life and like, they just get stuck in this cycle of like feeling like they have to prevent, present a better version of themselves in order to be accepted. And it's sad. And I don't, I, you know, I think that is like, dude, that, that is a massive problem in our world today. Like everybody dude, credit card debt. Did you know that credit card debt right now, is higher than it has ever been in the history of humanity during COVID. It dipped way down because everybody had cash savings and they were sitting around and then they didn't curb their spending. And so now to keep up with the Joneses, their credit, our credit card debt is astronomical and it is creating this bubble that is going to put a lot of people in a bad situation because we are trying to present something that is not real
1: yeah no that i mean it, it's i don't i've never seen the breakdown like I, I try and keep up with finance and economics it's something i'm really interested in but is like out of that credit card debt how much of it is like retail versus other categories i don't know but i would expect it to be like again materialistic things that are not necessities <laughs> you know it's probably not like for groceries and, and the rest of its things but um to your point that the, the, consumer spending and consumer behaviors is, is terrible. And, and I mean, we've kind of set up our financial system to feed into it and, and it, it doesn't help that there's always access to more money. I mean, there's a family, uh, that's close to ours that we, you know, we, I would say we kind of grew up with, uh, when we moved here, they were one of our first friends, but man, they just, the amount of credit card debt that they have. And, and, and a lot of it is to like, Making sure their kids can keep up with other kids, you know what I mean. And so, as parents, it's like you know, people will do whatever it takes to say I'm a proud parent of a Texas A&M Aggie or whatever the hell. But it's just like you know, everyone. It's again, I think it, it stems from you know when you're younger, trying to keep up with maybe friends, and like you said, trying to make yourself something that you might not be. And as an adult, it just it, it continues on. And so, you know, it's it's a challenge, but you know, I don't know. I mean, how do you, how do you help people like that? I mean, at some point, like they maybe run into those situations like you did that, uh, kind of force them to reevaluate. But, um, I, man, I, I don't, I don't see that problem being solved anytime soon, unless yeah, people I mean, get, get their I, head out of their ass.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's conversations, it's conversations like this. It's people hearing the fact that like, you know, I think people are so scared of like, if I tell someone that I'm not, what I've presented, are they going to accept me? Yeah. Like if I if I if I tell someone that I don't have everything together, are they still going to embrace me or are they going to reject me? Like if if I let someone know that like I've thought about hurting myself, like are are what what are they going to do with that information? I mean next month is suicide prevention month. And uh, okay. um dude like the suicide rate in the country has like spiked especially whenever it comes to men, like, like
1: tremendously
0: oh, wow. since COVID. And it's really, really sad. And I just, I think like conversations like this just need to be had to where like, people feel like they can be honest with their feelings. Like they can let them know like that, dude, if you've had a bad week. It's okay to tell someone that you had a bad week. Like you don't always have yeah. to just be this rock star.
1: Right. Well, I think, I think it's important to obviously be able to do that. And a lot of it's harder to because if you've lived your whole life and haven't been open about that kind of stuff, it's, again, it's challenging. it may take some therapy, perhaps getting into a group who, you know, are all work on the same thing. But at the end of the day, it's like most people, speaking in generalities here, end up having kids. And so to your point, if we have these conversations with people who are like, look, I'm too far down the rabbit hole, like I need to keep up and I'm too far in debt and there's no going back, but hopefully they can then influence the younger generation. And this Damn. whole social media thing is is honestly like, I get it. It's, it's. The data is there to support the fact that like, since social media has come on, there's been a lot of issues. But I, I, at the end of the day, you, you have to take accountability. Everything is your fault. You know what I mean? And so it's like, as parents, we need to take accountability and raise kids with self-esteem and who don't you know, base their self-worth on other people or what, how many likes they have. And so I challenge at this point parents. And so to me, the U.S. doesn't have a spending problem. It doesn't have a this problem. It, doesn't, it has a parenting problem. And it's so easy to make fun and, and, and talk crap about technology. But the first time mommy and daddy want to go have a glass of wine, what's the first thing they do? They hand their kids a damn iPad. So shame on parents for complaining about it and shame on parents who've complained about uh, Gen Z and all the rest of it. Because the same people who are complaining about it are the same ones who raise those kids. So I think the U.S. has a parenting problem. And that I take very seriously. Dude. I love
0: that. Uh, that's, that's what I've been looking for this whole episode because you're, you dude, you, you literally smacked it. I mean, you're dude, you are so right. I mean, whenever it comes to present parents in kids' lives, like it has diminished so greatly because parents are busy keeping up with the Joneses so much to the point to where they don't even have time to keep it with the kids because I think you're right. Like yeah. social, social media can be a positive tool. I mean, I would argue that right now we're doing this. This is going to go out on social channels and hopefully Dude. someone can end up watching it and interact with it.
1: Dude, my social media feed is nothing but positive and growth minded stuff. Mm. Okay. So like if people say, all oh, like my feeds, this, my feeds that, well, you put it there, dumbass. Like you're <laughs> the one who's been searching it and d- diving into these rabbit holes. My social media feed on Twitter, which is like a complete cesspool or it can be is nothing but good, positive information and business news. Like, I don't click on the clickbait junk. You know what I mean. So again, it's uh, it it, it can be it, here. Social media and technology is, a, is like is like as like a doctor's scalpel. It can either kill you or it can save your life, depending on how you use it. So choose wisely,
0: dude. I think that we can uh definitely agree on that and I think that's a good way to end the conversation because that was a nice punchline. Because you're <laughs> right. I mean, regardless of what you do in life, regardless of where you're at, I mean, choose what you do wisely, choose your time wisely, you know, when it comes to your kids especially. I mean, dude, with everything we have going on in the world, like be present as much as possible. You know, there's some yeah. circumstances in my life going on right now that has put me in a position to where I am getting to spend a lot more time one-on-one with my daughter. And at first I looked at that as like being really hard, but like, as I've like gone through it, I'm actually so grateful because it's made me realize those moments that I get to spend with her, like those moments where I get to wake up with her in the morning, those moments, whenever I get to pray with her before we go to bed, I get to pray with her whenever I wake up, removing technology out of the situation. like. You know, that's what matters in life. And I think the more close and the more present you are with your kids and the more present you are with people you care about, I think that's where you find that purpose. And that's where you don't care if other people are judging you or not, because you know, you're doing the right thing. You know, you're investing the right way. You know, you're taking time. You know that you're serving out your purpose and you're knowing that you're making the hard choices that matter. And that's what matters in life. It
1: does no, that's awesome, man. And a couple one last thing I want to close out with is like um, is is again the accountability thing. It's like once you realize that everything is your fault, you have full control. People think they don't have controls because they're too busy blaming others, so I just want to put that in there.
0: Don't blame other people. All right, now I've got two questions to wrap up with. Uh, number one, yeah. what's your favorite hobby and why?
1: Man, I would say health and fitness working out um it's just it's it's therapeutic for me again it it comes from a place of insecurity i always had body image issues i don't anymore but i use it as a way to just like disconnect so i would say anything physical related um and, and and even just like researching and reading up on health and fitness stuff i would say that's my that's my hobby um yeah it's just been a part of me if i don't do it it's uh it's 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 hard it's it's a way for me to sort of let the cup drain a little bit cuz you can't pour from an empty cup, right? And so it's uh it helps sort of refill my cup or not drain it, but it helps refill it so I can keep pouring out.
0: Dude that's awesome. Second question, I'm going to have a third too. If there's one book that you were going to recommend for anybody to read, what would that book be and why?
1: I'm going to lay I'm going to do two of them. The first okay. one is one that has made an impact for me is, is how to win, how to win friends and influence people. It's good. It's really good. It's a staple, man. Honestly, I would say probably like 50% of people would probably say that one, but there's a reason for it. It's so good, man. People, life is about people, how you treat people. Um, and it's about other, other humans. Um, you know, I just, it's sad to see during the pandemic when everyone had to isolate, I mean, thankfully for social media and things like zoom and stuff, we could still communicate. But, uh, uh, again, I, I, I value that book. It, it helped me a lot. And then, uh, one that I, I really I've read recently, um, uh, that was amazing. That really kind of put me in a frame of reference to look forward to the future, um, uh, of the self it's, it's called from strength to strength, um, by, uh, oh, the author, i uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it basically, it, it, he breaks it down in the first part of your life and the second part of your life. And the first part is, is understanding you using your strengths to like get a career and like, or like go to school, get a career or, you know, start a business. And you're like on this like mass trajectory. And then once you kind of reach a point of like in your forties, fifties and sixties and and on, um, you know, you, you start, you use your, all this intelligence that you gained and then you've got other forms of intelligence that you, that you can like, it's more like you become more wise and, and you use wisdom to your advantage, but most people stay on the hedonic treadmill and they value so much of what got them to where they are that they just keep doing more of that. And so it really talks about like kind of separating your life from like, like, I forget how they define it, but like the years of like, just go, go, go to then the years of like kind of off, off boarding from like career and, mm. and, and, you know being busy and doing everything and it's and it's and it kind of puts you in a frame of rep perspective of like you know it's hard to you can't measure happiness but you can you can like you can measure the degree of happiness right to some degree um and so like the people who have a high degree of happiness towards the end of their lives aren't the ones who made a bunch of money and who had the most successful businesses but it came down to relationships it's like the the people who are happiest in the world have meaningful relationships and they do purposeful work and most of that purposeful work is not you know beating wall Street analysts it's like doing for others and you can only reach a point where you can only do so much for yourself and then you have to like start figuring out how you can impact others and do things for others because you really you can only earn so much money you can only reach a certain title you can only purchase so many assets, you know what I mean? Like you, you, there, there becomes a, a point where you can't do any more to which then you have to then do things for others. And it's a, again, a fascinating book that really just resonated with me. And, and if you're especially a man in like the middle age and you're reaching 40, or maybe you're even a little older, it's that sort of like pivotal moment. It, it doesn't necessarily go downhill, but you can, it really, the second part of life can be just an amazing, experience which I was always kinda of scared of. Like I want to be in my thirties so I can just work and hustle and do this forever because I love it. But the reality is you can't. And so it's like how do you maintain that level of happiness when you're not necessarily earning, earning more money, but how you're living your life in the later years. And it was it was fascinating.
0: Dude, that's so good. I uh someone told me something a long time ago and it has really stuck with me anytime you start getting selfish or anytime like you really start like you catch yourself like stop and think about your funeral and think about at your funeral, what who's going to be there. And if they talked, what would they say about you? And if they got up there, if they got up there and said, Oh, I mean, he made me a bunch of money. Dude, he's a ruthless business guy. He built skyscrapers. Like that's all great. But like one person getting up at your funeral and saying, this person changed my life forever because of this and this and this and here's how they impacted me that's more important than any person talking about any billion dollar deal just one person is more important than that in my opinion
1: yeah i 100% agree with that it's uh, i've heard, i've heard that framed in in very similar ways it's like yeah think about your funeral who's going to be there and what would they say it's uh man, you should ask that every day. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a great question. It's a great way to approach life, man. I, I, I really, I can identify with that.
0: Yep. Last thing. And then I'll let you go. Cause I know you got a meeting. No, who we- is the, if there's one person that you could say inspires you the most in life, who is it and why? And try to keep it to one minute,
1: man, m- my wife, she is a fucking stud. Like she's so mentally strong. She's so disciplined in some ways her bathroom could be a little cleaner or our bathroom could be a little, cleaner. I, I I joke, man, we'll like, cut
0: this out of that. We'll cut that part out of that. <laughs> episode. Keep on going.
1: No, no. It's, uh, I, I, I always joke with her cause she's anyway, uh, clutter doesn't bother her, but it bothers me. But the reason why, again, she's do she's so disciplined. She works so hard and she's so selfless. Everything she does is for, for her kids and myself. Um, man and, and she just has such a she's very critical of like just the lens that she looks through is uh man it's just it's it's amazing um honestly it's just, so for yeah it's it's my wife man she's just an absolute stud i on in on on so many different levels obviously there's some things that you know everyone has things we need to work on but overall i've never met anyone like her it's amazing
0: dude that's incredible Justin, this is a great conversation. It went a lot of different directions, but no, I I, loved just, it, man. I really enjoyed it, man. I mean, like it had some really deep moments. Like there were some personal stories in there and yeah, I tell everybody yeah. whenever they come on here, I don't really know where it's going to go. It's going to get emotional. It could get weird. It might stay completely on topic, but ultimately we're going to dig into some stuff that other people I hope like want to hear and need to hear.
1: Yeah, no. And, and honestly, if any of your listeners like want to reach out or like can identify or want to BS or something like that. Hit me up, man. I'm I'm always willing to chat. I can't promise it's like it might be a month away from the time we talk originally, but either way, I mean, I'm always willing to help if you're dealing with something that kind of resonated with something I did or said, man, just yeah. I'm all I'm I'm always willing to open up and chat to people who need some help because I do too sometimes and so. <laughs>
0: Every every single one of us do. Well, I'm going to post Justin's podcast and his handle in there. So every single one of you need to hit him up for any personal relationship or life advice you have. No, I'm just kidding. But um, in all all seriousness, dude, thanks. Can't wait to see you again in Oklahoma City. We'll work on that swing as well. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sounds good, man. uh, All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Until next time on the Backpack Theory Podcast. uh, We'll see you later.